What's up, guys? Welcome to Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying, the podcast that helps aspiring bosses go from nine to fives to seven-figure CEOs. I am your host, Asia Abstin, former bartender turned serial entrepreneur and coach to over 2,000 students. And I am on a mission to help you manifest your dream life, 10X your salary, and step into every room like you own the place. Each week, my guest and I will cover everything money, business, and mindset related to push you to be your absolute best self. You will also be getting financial literacy tips, game-changing perspectives, and passive income plays to impact your confidence and your bottom line. You'll learn how to work smarter, not harder, stop sleeping on your own potential, and climb the success ladder cocktail in hand. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hey, hotties. Welcome back to Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying. Let's get into it. So last week, I dropped this really cute new segment where I want to talk to you guys about things that are really going viral on my TikTok or my Instagram It's only right that I bring it over here to the podcast. So let me break it down for you this week. Oh, and sidebar, I still don't have a name for this segment. So let me know what you guys think I should name this. So I was posting this reel. So I posted this on my Instagram and my TikTok and it blew up like crazy. Let me play it for you now. There is a trend going around of the girls talking about things that they will always splurge their money on. And I wanted to add mine. Um, I will always splurge on everything, like absolutely any and everything. And the reason is that money is not running out. There is money everywhere all the time. Money loves me. I attract money to me constantly, passively in my sleep. I don't even have to think about it. Money and I are BFF. I don't have to chase it. Money is chasing me. The world is just too abundant. Like, why are we going to the ocean and asking for a teaspoon of water? It doesn't make sense. And the U.S. government prints $500 million of money every single day. All we got to do is go get it. So cut the poverty mindset and start thinking abundantly. I mean, don't put yourself in those stupid situations. Now, let me give you the backstory. So I saw this creator on TikTok. She was talking about things that she would always splurge on. And she was talking about like valet parking. And I think she mentioned like having a house cleaner come over. And it really sparked something in me because I am a maximalist. There is nothing about me that is a minimalist. There is nothing about me that is conservative with money. You know, my mission statement when it comes to money is that nothing is ever too expensive. We just got to make more money. Like that's just what it is. And The federal government is printing money left, right, backwards, up, down, and in between. Baby, these banks are falling apart and the federal government is snapping their fingers to literally print billions of dollars to rescue them. They did the same thing in COVID. They did the same thing when the airlines were falling apart. This is what they do. So these people are not worried about this entire country being in trillions and trillions of dollars of debt, right? So- Saying that to say, not that I want y'all in debt, but saying that to say, money is abundant. Money is 
infinite. Money is never, ever running out for me. That is my firm and true and thorough belief. I believe it like I believe my skin is black, okay? It's that deep for me. I just believe in abundance. I believe that, you know, the God that I serve doesn't want me to be suffering. That's why I'm balling. Like, that's it. If I'm God's favorite girl, then the coins are in abundance. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. So I work and I work smart and I manifest and I have good energy and I attract good things and good things happen. And very often that is in the form of money. Now, I'm not a billionaire by no stretch of the imagination yet, but I can and will be because there is no shortage of money. So I'm going to splurge on all the things, plain and simple. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it in both colors. I'm going to get one for my homegirl. And that's just what it is. If I want it, I'm going to have it. Like cue uh, Ariana Grande seven rings. I, I like it. I buy it. And on top of that, you know, I don't have a husband. I don't have kids. What am I? I can't take this money to the grave. The investments are booming. The money is coming in. The business is doing well. Guess what? I'm going to give it. Get it. Excuse me. And I just don't believe in paying bills and dying. There has to be more to life than robbing Peter to pay Paul and waiting, you know, for the first and 15th for a paycheck. It's just not my energy. I'm going to find a way to make more money and I'm going to do it with joy in my heart, knowing that the universe will constantly provide to those of us who go and get it for themselves and those of us who believe. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. And I want to give you the permission to be an abundant, glorious, bad bitch because it's really the life that you deserve. You do not have to be one of these people that believes in penny pinching and money under the mattress. I like, let me break this news to you. Nobody ever on God's green earth got rich by saving. It's just not a thing. That's just not how planet earth works. I'm not in charge of that. Those are just the receipts. People get rich by making more money, not by penny pinching, not by giving up Starbucks and, you know, uh, Uber Eats. So get the thing, buy the thing, book the vacation, get the purse, buy the crib, get the Porsche girl, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Be responsible, put your coins where they need to be. Make sure you've got money working for you, creating other money for you, okay? And then once those ducks are in a row, Child, cut up, get your stuff. Like life is for the living. We are never going to be younger and finer than we are now. I mean, I'm getting finer, but I ain't getting younger. So we're going to go ahead and spend these coins right now and be abundant and manifest them back to us tenfold. Wait, even that, wait, let me correct myself. I didn't mean to use that word. Spend is, remove the word spend from your vocabulary because Spending implies that the money is gone, okay? It's a wrap. It's lost, it's gone, it's dead. We circulate money, okay? So anytime I circulate money, anytime I'm using money for good, for positive things, for joy and happiness, guess what? That money is circulated and that money's coming back to me 10 to 100 fold in ever-ending joy and increase and beautiful, happy feelings. So 
We never spend money. We only use it and circulate it because it's coming back to us. Okay. So on that note, that is what's going viral on my Instagram and my TikTok. Make sure that you are following me. Of course, I will put everything in the show notes for you, all my links and all my things. And let me know what you think about that. And let me know what you will always splurge on. If it's a thing or if it's all the things, honey, I'm super, super interested. Okay. And next up, I've got a fire interview for you guys. The one and only Real Housewife of Atlanta, Sonya Richards-Ross is on today's episode. So Sonya, tap in. Let's get into it right now. Okay, Get Rich Crew, today is going to be a wonderful day. I am beyond excited. We have four-time Olympic champion, Real Housewife of Atlanta, bad bitch, all-star Jamaican queen, <laughs> Sonya Richards-Ross with us today. Get freaking excited, okay? Hey, all right. Well, I have been introduced Sonya, before, but the show. the introduction. Thank you, baby. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so pumped to have you. We connected on Instagram a little bit ago on your page, yes. Talking Business, and the vibes were vibing so high that I had yes. to have you on Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying. So just thank you for joining me. No, thank you for having me. Thank you for being open to be on my platform. And it's my joy to return the favor and to talk to the Get Rich crew. So I'm excited. Okay. She says it's her joy, honey. Get into it. That means we are about to vibe and we are about to hear from a baddie. So grab a pen because the gems are going to get dropped. Okay. I want to get started with how does somebody come from Jamaica and make it to the top reality show on TV, make it to the Olympic podium multiple times? And I know that's a big question, but what is the drive in a person like that? How do you become so driven to come from such a tiny place to make it to the top of the top in the world. What was your mindset? What did your parents put into you that we need to be putting into our kids to make them want to achieve so much? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think you definitely hit the nail on the head. I definitely feel like I have an internal drive that I was born with. Like I always wanted to be great and I still desire to be great. Like I have a desire for excellence that I think most people don't have. So I had an internal drive. But it was certainly nurtured by my parents who made every sacrifice to help me to live my dreams. And just always, always, they were physically there. They made sure I had the right people around me. And they also were there through the tough times, right? Because a lot of times people think the road to gold is paved in gold, and it is not. There are trials and tribulations. There are failures. There are challenges. And so it's also about having people around you to keep you motivated, to keep you inspired, to keep you humble. And I'm grateful that I have my parents to, to do all of those things and my family that really just helped me to live this lifelong dream. I said I was going to be Olympic champ when I was nine, Asia. <laughs> and I chased it for the majority of my life. And it was, you know, incredible to be able to run into my fairy tale in London. I love that. Get into it. At nine, I think I wanted to be a Barbie. I don't think I had any aspirations beyond that. I want to be an actual Barbie well, doll. Like, what well, did I... Who wants to be an Olympian at nine? 
No, well, you did that because you're giving Barbie vibes. You're giving, so you achieved your goals and you had a nine and so did I. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah, actually, you're, you're right. Mattel hit my line because we do need a yeah. podcasting Barbie. We need an Olympic Sonya Richards Ross Barbie. That is a really yes. good point. Shout out to your yes. parents. Shout out to all of our parents who pushed us to greatness. Like yeah. I was born in one of those households where it was, you have to be twice as good to get half as much. And I have mm -hmm. always aligned with that. And I think that's why I go so hard. So I can align with what your parents taught you. And clearly it worked. Yeah. Are you going to be popping out some more Olympians or are we done, sis? So Asia, we are still trying. Or TBD. Yeah, okay. TBD. Yeah, we're still trying. So for some of the people who are watching who may have watched Real Housewives last season, season 14, you know, that was a huge thing for my husband and I. Like, you know, he's ready. He's been ready, girl, since day one after Ducey was born. And I wasn't quite ready, you know. I still wanted some time to figure out motherhood. And, you know, it was a lot on me <laughs> in the beginning. And, and then I also, you know, I love to work and I love, there's so many things I love to do. So it's hard to juggle all of that and give your all to motherhood, which is important to me. So... I think we're finally now at that place. My son's five and he's maneuvering through life and he's become more independent. I think he too is ready. So we're trying, but no news yet. No news yet. I love it. Okay. Well, we're sending good vibes. I thought we was going to break the story here, child, but we're sending good vibes for the fam to Thank grow you. in God's light. Like we're just, we're sending the good vibes. I will take that. Okay, so I got a question for you. You conquered the Olympics, conquered your own reality show with your family. So why? Shout out to your sister, because I think she is so funny. And then you were like, all right, what's the number one show on TV? Mm, Real Housewives. I think I should just pop on and go tear shit up. How did you wind up deciding to just go conquer the number one show on TV? And how has Real Housewives changed your life? For me, Asia, I live a life of yes. Like I say yes to life and I figure it out as I go. And so when I retired from the track, I remember the commentator, the broadcaster, who is now my colleague, Lewis Johnson, he said to me, he's like, what, do, what are you going to do next? You've conquered the track. What do you want to do next? I said, I want to write a book. I want to start a family and I want to go into broadcasting and television. And so I did all of those things pretty quickly. <laughs> And then I always wanted to do reality television. So I was like, okay, you know, we, we did our own show. It was super fun. And I actually came to Atlanta to host an entertainment news magazine show with Will Packer. And it was super dope. It was myself and Julissa Bermudez. It was the first entertainment news magazine show hosted by two women of color. It was awesome. And then COVID hit and they just weren't able to figure out how to maneuver the show through COVID. And so I was actually planning to move back to Austin and got a call to join the cast of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I was like, I don't even live in Atlanta. Like, I'm going back to Austin, the other A. And, but I said yes. I'm like, okay, yes, you know, and I just kind of, I, I said yes, did the first interview, kept my life going. My husband and I were deciding, do we want to stay in Atlanta? I was like, okay, yeah, we'll stay. And things just kind of worked out, Asia. So I'd like to say that it was on my vision board, but it wasn't on my vision board. It wasn't on my bingo card. <laughs> it was just a, a blessing, a gift, you know, and, and I was grateful for it. I thought being in the Olympics 
you know, there were a lot of people that were vested in my success and that had a lot to say, baby, I was not ready for the Bravo verse. You know, people really love the show and I shouldn't be surprised because I've long been a fan of the show. I think it's a huge part of pop culture. You know, like a lot of these women have become iconic, you know, because of being on this show. But, you know, my recognizability has gone through the roof. Like I can't go anywhere without people recognizing me. I've gotten a lot of opportunities that I feel like are coming because of my name, you know, circulating because of being on the show. And so it's been really good. I mean, it's, you know, y'all know it's a little bit challenging. It's a little, you know, being on the show itself can be a little tricky. (laughs) We're going to dive back into this episode in just a second. But first, I have to invite you to a very special event. I've talked about my success story as a dropshipper so many times on this podcast and I'm ready to share more of the game with you. So I'm hosting a free e-commerce masterclass teaching you how to launch and grow an online business without ever buying inventory. And yes, you are invited to attend. Visit freedropshippingtraining.com to register to attend. I cannot wait to see you there. Now let's get back to the show. All right, moving along. This is like really important to me because you're so authentic. I think that's why the audience really connects with you. You've talked about your injuries in sports. You've talked about your health issues. You've talked about how things have affected your family. How has talking about your challenges openly, physically and otherwise, how has that like impacted your life? How has that impacted your audience? Yeah, I think it has certainly enriched my experience with my audience. The more authentic I am, the more open I am, the more I share is the more I feel like people are inspired because I think the lie that people sometimes believe is that successful people don't experience hardships and that gifted people are somehow excused from real life. And so I think it's extremely inspiring to people when they're like, oh man, like you experienced that? You had that? Okay, cool. I I can do it too. And I also am very much inspired by other people who do the same thing. So for me, always being authentic is super important. And I certainly think it helps me to, you know, even just to find my audience. Like you find your people when you share who you are. It's like, you know, they just, they, they just gravitate to you. And it just really makes it a lot cooler and a lot more fun, a lot more meaningful to share your journey in that way. Yes, meaningful. And then on top of that, nobody relates to a robot. Nobody relates to, you know, a plastic human being that's never been through anything. Like, it's just unrealistic, especially as Black women. Like, you can't come from a small country like Jamaica and not have stories to tell. You can't be an yeah. Olympian in a male-dominated world and not have stories to tell. You can't be on TV yeah. and not have stories to tell. I think that that is so real, and that's why the audience has connected with you the way that they have and why no matter what project you do, people seem to follow you wherever you go. I think that that's a massive takeaway. I want to talk about being a power couple. I'm not yeah. married. <laughs> I may be married someday. Who knows? I don't tell him. But I know when I do get married, I need to be equally yoked, honey. I'm not a girl that believes in potential. 
I want my man to show up fully potential, okay, at this point in the game. So my question is, yeah, took on fully potential. I'm, I'm in my 30s. I didn't meet my husband in college like you did. I need him to arrive ready to party. Like, we, we're beyond that. What is yep. the secret to having a successful marriage when you and your husband are massively high achievers, Super Bowl level, yeah. Olympic level, television star level. How do you do this? Yes, I think you already mentioned a part of it. You got to be equally yoked, you know, and I think that sometimes people think that that means that the person has to be exactly like you. It doesn't. You know, what it means, though, is that you guys want the same things. You guys have the same level of drive. You have the same overall vision for life. And when you start there as the basis, it's easy to build on that. And so I think that obviously my husband and I started there, you know, like he had these big dreams. I had these big dreams. We learned how to support each other in a way that always felt like I just had this amazing love. And, you know, I'm not, it hasn't been easy. We've been together for 20 years. We've been married. We've been together for 20 years, married for 13. And I would say the secret has been very clear communication. I'm talking about raw, real, ugly, nasty, like telling it how you really feel. Because what happens is that who you are and what you need as you grow, it changes. And that's, that's real. Like the 19-year-old Sonia that used to like X is not the 38-year-old Sonia that wants you to support me in this way. And a lot of times I think relationships fail because people never communicate that clearly and the person is just not giving you what you need at that point in your life. And Ross and I have had some very important check-ins. Like, babe, this ain't, this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> and, you know, and we've been able to always find a way back to each other and back to love and just back to this beautiful place in our relationship that I'm very grateful for. But you know, it's, we're equally yoked. We really love each other. We want it to work and we put in the work. That's beautiful. I think that that is a major key. We got to take that away. Girls, us unmarried girls, we got to have an equally yoked partner who wants the same things that we want. And then we got to have raw yeah. dog conversations. And if you can't keep it real with the person you sleep with, who can you keep it real yeah. with? Like, why are you, you can't be pretending when that bedroom door closes, in my mind, that has to be the sacred space where there's nothing yeah. that you can say that is unacceptable to your partner and vice versa. At least your person is going to listen. And this is 20 years of black love talking. So y'all tap in to yeah. this. I couldn't <laughs> imagine 20 years of nothing, let alone a man. But okay, someday... Not today, Lord, but, you know, later, 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 I want Messiah. Later will be great. Yeah, later will be great. It's still hot girl summer over here, but okay, okay. I'm not mad at you. I'm going to tap in. You got to get it while it's hot. You got to get yeah. it while it's hot. Okay, let's talk money. I want to talk money. Money is my favorite subject. This is Get Rich or Get okay. Drunk Trying, of course. And this is yes. a two-part question for you. On the first half, okay. you always hear about athletes making all this money and then two, three, four years after they retire, 
They are broke. They are down bad. I want to know, A, how did you finesse? How did you navigate that? How did you manage that? Because they literally say Mm -hmm. it's like 85% of athletes wind up in that same situation. So that's part one. And part two, give me a get rich tip so I can be real housewife rich, okay? I'm real single, but I want to be real housewife rich. What would the get rich tip of the week be, my friend? All right, so let's first tackle the first half of that question. You know, the reality is for most athletes, you make all of this money when you are young, right? Like you're 19, 20, 21, and you're getting millions of dollars. Most of the times, you're the first millionaire in your family. So you don't have the the business acumen, the financial awareness or fortitude to really be able to manage the money in a way that can sustain that kind of lifestyle for a long time. And so I get it, right? Like it, you know, it, it's very possible. I think the biggest obstacle that athletes face when they transition from sports into the business world is that they have no experience outside of sports. And I think that it's an unfortunate thing because we're so taught to eat, sleep, breathe your sport. And although there are benefits to that, the downside of that is that most athletes never test any of their other skills in the real world until they retire. And I think that is the biggest mistake. So I would tell athletes, commit 100% to your sport, but in your spare time, in the off season, at some point, Figure out some of the things that you love outside of sports. Figure out how some of the things that you're doing in sports translate into other things that you can do outside of sports. Start seeing yourself as more than an athlete. And it's really unfortunate because I always say greatness is not fleeting. It lives in you. So if you're able to achieve greatness in one thing, there is no reason you can't achieve greatness in something else. You know, that's kind of the thing is that most people don't have experience in anything outside of sports. As you said with the statistic, 80% or more of athletes who make all this money and then go broke. I think for Ross and I, the good news is that we had balance (laughs) because if it were up to me, sis, we would be in that 85%. (laughs) Because I was spending as much as I was earning. Yes, Asia. That's why I brought you on my show because I don't have the best. I'm a YOLO kind of girl. I'm like, you know, like you only live gotcha. once. We got to hit that. You know, tomorrow's what I mean? That's not promised. Kind of... Tomorrow's promise. Can't take it to the grave. <laughs> got you. But, got you. But your husband is more, is, is better with the long term yes. vision for the finances. Yes. Okay. Yes. So my husband got the life insurance. My husband got, you know, we invested in our separate accounts. Like all of those things happened because my husband was the one who, was like, yo, I don't ever want to be poor again. My husband didn't come from a lot. Like his his family didn't have a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I came from middle class. I've always had, like my parents always made it work. And so I've never really experienced like, you know, going without. And so I'm so grateful that he had the, the wherewithal to make good investments while we were making a lot of money. And then, you know, from there, and, and now I have this, you know, my son's five years old and I've kind of also shifted my mentality around money. And that's why 
I had you on my IG because I'm like, okay, I want to take it to the next level now. Like I want to figure out how do I create generational wealth, not just be rich. I want to have generational wealth. And so, you know, for yep. me, the one tip, yep. The one tip that I would give the listeners is to invest in your knowledge. Like you have to learn about your taxes. You got to learn about wealth management. You got to learn about, you know, uh, will estate planning, like taxes, like you can't just rely on other people to help you to do it. Like it's important that you get your hands dirty, that you fill up your knowledge bank so that you can make the best choices as to whether real estate is the right thing for you or the stock market is the right thing for you or passive income. All of these things are options. But if you don't know anything about it, you, you're never going to be able to accomplish those dreams. So that's what I've been doing myself, you know, been really just getting in, learning from people and really taking this year to make a conscious effort on shifting my mindset, shifting my mindset from being rich girl to wealthy girl. <laughs> I think that that is a wonderful life lesson just in general. If you're great in one field, you can be great in another because the greatness lives inside of you and we can multitask just because you know your athletic dreams even if you reach them just because they're over in one way doesn't mean that you are now washed up that you are now useless the average athlete is done by what 30 and we live till we're 90 there's just so much more that people have to give there is no reason to feel like life is over for you because one part of your career is over. And I think that that's a lesson that translates no matter what business you're in. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I think that, you know, times have changed so much, right? I think people are open to the idea of multitasking and they do understand that it's possible. I just think it's something that you have to own, right? You got to own it. Like, look, baby, I did that, but that's just my springboard. That's my foundation. Like the thing I'm going to do next is what's going to shock the world. And that's how I operate. Yes, because there are levels, people. I could not agree with that more. What I'm really hearing and loving and want to reiterate to the Get Rich crew is Sonia said to invest your money into learning. And that is the biggest puzzle piece that you can ever implement for yourself because what you learn can never be taken away from you, period. No matter what your circumstance is, when you know better, you do better. So if you take the time, instead of buying that new Chanel bag, and I love a Chanel bag, sis, so I'm speaking to myself, instead of (laughs) investing in that new Chanel bag, or try, okay, hello, raise his hand, instead of convincing yourself that that Birkin is an investment, convince yourself to take that money management course, convince yourself to start that side hustle, convince yourself to invest in that passive income that's going to keep you paid forever. And like you said, rich is one thing, wealthy is another. And, you know, as black people, we're already 400 years behind the eight ball. We ain't got a lot of time, y'all. We got to make up for what our ancestors did not have generations and generations back. So for you to be in a position to set your son up for success and for you to commit to that early when he's only five years old, like, and imagine if he does that for his kids and they do that for their kids and they're living off the knowledge that you gained now in 2023, I think that is massive. And everybody can do it, y'all. We all got an iPhone. It's really no excuse. If you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, you got YouTube, you can learn what you need mm-hmm. to learn to at least 
get the ball rolling. And the library is wide open. I go there all the time. Don't nobody else be there, though. Yeah. It's empty. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want y'all to meet us over at the library so we can learn how to keep our money straight. All right, Get Rich Crew, you heard it from Sonya. Okay, so my next question for you is about being a woman in a male-dominated world, in business, mm -hmm. in sports, in entrepreneurship. Yeah. What is your advice for the Get Rich Babes who want to take over in male-dominated industries? What should they be doing? What is the mindset? What has pushed you to just yeah. dominate consistently? And what should we be doing so we can dominate in our lanes? Yeah, I think the main thing is to show up like you belong in the room. You know, I think a lot of times as women, we feel intimidated. You know, when you walk into rooms where it's seven people and it's six men and you're the only woman. And, you know, I think that I feel very empowered by that because I always feel like, first of all, I belong in this room. <laughs> And two, like, I need to be the voice of female. There needs to be a female represented in this room, you know, because nobody else understands our experiences the way we do. So I think the first thing is to wear the confidence that even if you don't feel it all the time, wear that confidence that you belong in that room. You know, obviously be prepared, be ready, <laughs> you know, don't, you know, do put in the work. And then show up confidently because a lot of times I think half the battle is just showing up, like just showing up in the room. And then a lot of times you get there, you're like, oh, this what? And then you, you know, you're like, okay, like I'm more, I'm more than, I'm more than enough. You know, I'm more than ready for this. And so I think I that's that. the, yeah, that's the first thing. And then I think the other thing too is that a lot of men want to be our allies. And so I think it's okay to reach out. Like when I first went into the NBC booth with Otto, I, was, I think it had been a 10-year span or something crazy. There were no other female commentators in the booth. And I reached out to, my, to Otto and I was like, hey, like, because the thing is, especially when you're part of a team, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So it's imperative that I be great so that he can be great, right? Like he, he, we should want the same things. And so I think sometimes we uh, don't utilize the, those men as resources. So like reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm coming in. Like, is there any, you know, I'd love to pick your brain on what is the experience has been like for you. And just really learning as much from the men in that community as possible. And then going in and delivering, right? Going in and having that poise. There's a strategy I have for life that I want to quickly share with you, Asia, that I learned from, that I learned from track and field. And it's the four P's. It's push, pace, position, poise. And I think it's important for, especially you talk about for women, how can we tackle, you know, like being in these male-dominated spaces? So the first P is push, right? And in, in the 400, we used to have to get out the blocks like we were running 100. Get out as hard as you can, right? And so how I relate that to life is that the first push phase of life is getting the work in. Right. Doing your research, like getting on top, like when you're so excited about this new job, like do all the things. Right. Connect with the right people. Go to the networking events. Do the research. Do everything you need to do to be prepared. And then you got to pace yourself. Right. And the 400, if you ran all out the whole way, you would die coming home. And it's the same thing when you get into, you know, this rhythm of your work. It's like, what is a rhythm that works for you? How do you flow? Like, do you get up, you get a workout in? Like, what do you need to do? 
to feel fulfilled mentally and spiritually and find your rhythm in life. Mm-hmm. And then the third P is position, right? So in the 400, for the first 200 meters, I don't care where anybody is. I'm setting up my own race. After the first 200, going into the next 100, I start to position myself for success. Like, where are they at? Where do I need to be to be able to win this race? And I always think the third P is kind of the most important P also in life because it's about positioning yourself for success. So where do you need to be to be successful? Like maybe you got to go to another city. Maybe you need to find a new group of friends. Maybe you got to get that master's degree. Like you have to position yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually for success. And then the final P that I was kind of leaning towards before I started talking about this is poise. Right. Because in the last hundred of the 400, if you start to panic and start to flail, then you just lose everything and you start to slow down. And so in life, after you've done all the work, after you position yourself for success, you stay poised. Right. When it's time to give that presentation, when it's time to do the work, because, you know, you already got it. Right. Yeah. Everything. Time to just cross that finish line, baby, and collect the gold medal. (laughs) I love that. So, that is iconic. Yeah. The four P's of success, honey, oh, and you can do it. Asia, there is one silent P okay. that we always lean into, and that's prayer, right? So throughout your whole journey, you stay prayerful, and you know you trust that everything is working together for your good. So I call it the four P's. It's really the five P's because the silent P <laughs> that you do yes. the whole time. <laughs> I love that. I think that that can be implemented no matter what you're doing in life. And like before you even gave us the four P's, you were talking about getting in the room. I will say once you get in the room, those people are not as smart as you think they are. A lot of times, that's what I, they're not that's smarter what I was than you. Saying, but I, hey, no, I no, I can say it for you. I know. Okay, I can say it for you. This is the Asia Action Show. I can say what I want. Those people are not as smart as you think they are. Specifically, those men are not as smart as you think they are. You will go in there and wow them all the time. Yeah. You'll be like, wait, this is who I was intimidated by? Uh, yeah. okay, I should be running this office real, real soon. So get in yeah. the room late. You have lots yeah. to offer. We have been there. These men, some of them are just not as brilliant. It's nepotism, y'all. It's sexism. All type of shenanigans is why they're in the room. So do not think. That you are in any way underqualified because you will be shocked. Okay. Yeah. And then I want to know, are you reading anything that we should be tapping into? I love to give the people the get rich read of the week. Is there a book that you're obsessed with? A book that changed your life? Put us on game. So there's a book that I ordered that's coming in that I'm super excited about reading that I think that your viewers will also enjoy. It's called The Urgent Life by Bozoma St. John's. Bozoma St. John is how you say her name. And she is this incredible black powerhouse. She has been the CMO of Uber, Coca-Cola, like all the biggest brands in the world. And she does it with so much poise and grace and beauty and badassism that is just mind-blowing. And she recently wrote a book. It's already, I think, a New York Times bestseller. It literally just came out. She's been a, a great mentor to me. I've always been able to reach out to her, and she's always been just incredible. And so that's the book that we can read together because I'm also waiting yes. for it to come in. But, yeah, it's going to be great. She t- it's called The Urgent Life. And she talks I like about that title life. already because life is just yeah. too short. I don't know why people think yes. we're going to get a second go around because we're not. Yes. Yes. She talks about living life urgently. Like so many of us feel like, oh, we can do. No, 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 no. Like 
you got to start doing this shit now, like today. And so that's the book that I think that, you know, that that would be the book that I'd want to share. All right, Get Rich Crew. Of course, I will link it for you in the show notes. Sonia, what is next for you? You've got SRR Sports. You've got your foundation. You've got Real Housewives. Like, what else do you want to accomplish? And what is next for you? Other than our TV screens, what is next for you? I still want to tackle more television. Like I want to do, I, like my dream job is like hosting The View or Good Morning America. That's like my dream job. I want to do that in, within the next 10 years. Yes, that's what I really want to do. I've been flirting with the idea of doing a little bit of acting. We'll see. Okay. Uh, I like that. <laughs> I've been flirting with the idea. I've been taking some acting classes and, you know, I think that it's a natural transition after doing television to, to try that. That and then to be honest, like I really want to pour more of my myself into business. Like I love founder of Mommy Nation, which is a blog and virtual community specifically to support black moms on their motherhood journey. And that has just blown up into a lot more than I ever imagined it would be. And so I really want to continue to grow that resource. And I want to do more business. Like I think I have been learning a lot about business and I think I can bring a lot of really cool things to the world. So television and business and of course family. <laughs> I love it. I could totally see you on the talk. Like the second you yes. said that, I, I envision that we're going to manifest <laughs> it. You heard it here first. Yes. Debuting yes. on the talk. Center seat <laughs> on the talk. <laughs> Get into it. The one and Man, only. You so and I feel like you'd be right there with me. I'm down. At least bring me on for a segment, child. I'm available. Like, let me just, I don't want to be that famous, but I can do a segment. That's, I, I can do one, give me like eight minutes and I'm in and out. Oh, yeah. And that's it. I don't want to be popular that like funny. that, but I can totally that see so you doing funny. that. You have poured into us for this last hour. I appreciate you so much, Sonia. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you for the thoughtfulness around the questions. And thank you for sharing so much of yourself and just being such a big inspiration to so many of us. Like, I I really adore you. So thanks for having me. Y'all, she just loves to love on me. I love it. (laughs) All right, Get Rich Crew. You heard it here first. We are going to talk to Sonya again when she's debuting on the talk. But for now, catch her on season, is it going to be 15 of Real Housewives? Is that right? 15, yep. Yep, coming soon. (laughs) Season 15, coming soon. I cannot wait to watch. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you've learned something amazing, let's continue the conversation. Follow me on Instagram at GetRichOrGetDrunkTrying and tell me what you took from today's show. Then tap in at GetRichOrGetDrunkTrying.com to get all the details and links from today's episode. I cannot wait to get rich with you next time. Until then, peace.